Welcome back. We are starting tonight the 11th chapter of Ilchot <clears throat> I'm going to admit it's not a very comfortable chapter to teach. It has, it deals with subjects that are uh, very private in nature and having to do with uh, with things that are considered PG-13 or even rated R. But I'll, I'll do my best to, I think, I'll use Hebrew words when possible. And I'll assume that those who are listening know what these Hebrew words mean without translating it. The subject of this uh, chapter is Te'anat Betulim, for the most part, and the consequences for with respect to the Nisuim and the Ketubah for a woman being a Betula or not. Halacha Aleph. When someone marries a Betula that has been married before, but only technically, so she either was married for a short period and then her husband died before the Nisuim, or same thing but with a divorce before the Nisuim, or, or Halitza before the Nisuim. If this only happened from the Erusim but not from the Nisuim, then she has a Ketubah of 200, like every Betula. But if she had had Nisuim, then the moment she is Niset, regardless of what happened, regardless of whether or not physiologically she still is a Betula, because she was Nisua, she no longer qualifies for the minimum of 200 Zuzim, the, that's the Ketubah for a Beula. So to someone that marries a Betula that is Meshuchredet, she used to be a servant and then she was freed, or she converted to Judaism from another religion, or that she was kidnapped, she was captured, a captive of war, or a captive of any other kind. Then we, we establish right now a threshold, and the threshold age is three. If this coming to freedom or coming to, to being freed from any of these circumstances happened before the age of three, then there is no assumption that the girl lost her betulim, and therefore she still is considered a betula, and therefore her ketubah is 200. However, if she is, if she was more than three years old, the presumption is that in any of these three cases, she the presumption is that she lost her betulim, and therefore her ketubah is mea, is only 100. Halachabet. And why did Chachamim establish for this a ketubah of 100? Although they physiologically are still betulot. Because the presumption is that if they were in these situations, they must have had Be'ilah. Not only if, if uh, the Nesua has a Hazaka of Be'ilah, but also the Shifha and the Nukhid and the Shavuya, each of these three also has a Hazaka, has a presumption of Be'ilah. So Hachamim established a minimum Ketubah of 100. Ben Nivalu, Ben Lonivalu, regardless of what physiologically actually happened, and we, we treat them just like Beulot. Mukat Aetz is a girl that lost her Betulim, but not through intercourse, by any other means, that's called Mukat Aetz. 
And the ketubah for such a girl is me'a, although there was no be'ila. Even this is regardless of whether or not the assumption at the moment of the Nisuim was that she was a Betula. So you could, th- you could say, because the assumption was that she was a Betula and in reality she was Mukat Aetz, she should get nothing. But Hachamim said no, she gets, because she's Mukat Aetz, she gets at the very least 100. Another presumption, the presumption is that if, God forbid, there is a girl that's less than three years old that has had a be'ila, even with, with someone who is a gadol, the betulim, as we are going to see, the presumption is that they grow back and therefore she gets a ketubah of 200. So because in the end, the assumption is that the physiological process is going to reverse itself. So to an adult woman that was, she had with a minor of less than nine years old, a minor male, she also is presumed not to lose her betulim and therefore her ketubah is 200. Because the bi'ah of uh, a minor less than nine years old is not bi'ah. Sorry, uh, of nine years and one day is bi'ah. But less than nine years and a day, it's not a bi'ah. Betula that she is either bogeret. Bogeret means that six months have passed since uh, her um, puberty happened after the age of 12, Osoma, or she is blind, Oilonit, or she is, uh, she is a girl that will never have a bagrut because she has a, a, a genetic condition, they all, each of the three gets 200, regardless of, uh, of whether or not um, of whether or not they, they are uh, they are na'ara. However, if if a woman is hereshet, which in Jewish law is a form of incapacity, being deaf and mute, not being able to communicate verbally, ve'ashota shota means actual mental incapacity. Chachamim did not establish any ketubah for them. Why is that? Very interesting. Not only does she not have ketuvah, she doesn't even have nisuim, she only has kiddushin. Someone who is deaf, although she has nisuim with the rabbanan, she has no ketuvah. And all of this is so that she, there is actually no, there is no disincentive to marry her. So Hamim wanted to encourage people to marry a girl who is who is a hereshet or a shota uh, and as a favor to them they did not impose a minimum ketubah uh, in other words they made it very very easy to divorce them so that um, the the guys would think of it as a much 
less risky proposition because it's very easy to get out of this relationship, but they will give it a try, all to benefit them. In the same way that they don't have the ketubah, which is the insurance money that they get in case of a divorce or, or death of the husband, she also has no right for mezonot. The husband doesn't have an obligation to sustain her or any of the tenaim, any of the conditions that the ketubah imposes, which we are going to see in the next chapter. If, if, however, the nisuim happened while the girl was hareshet and then suddenly she became cured, the moment she becomes cured, the obligation to have a ketubah springs back and all the conditions of the ketubah spring back to life and the husband is obligated in all of these things, including the amount of ketubah. And the ketubah in that case is going to be me'ah because it's a ketubah that comes to be obligated the moment that this girl is already in a sua, and as an eswa, she only gets me up. If, however, although they don't get it as a matter of right, if the, if the husband, if the groom does write to them a ketubah, and he writes to them 100 mane, uh, they get it, the ketubah is valid, because it's his right, is the groom's right, to do as he pleases with his own money, with his own possessions. If he wants to obligate himself to pay them under these conditions, that's his right to do so, and the halakha respects this. Halakha vav. Now, reverse. The groom is the one who has a mental or social incapacity. Heresh o unashim pikhot. A deaf or someone with a mental incapacity that they married women that are in their full capacity. Even if they, the guys, get cured later, the women are not attached to them in any way. The Kiddushin did not attach. If they want to continue the relationship after they became better, after they regained their capacity, then at that moment and on, they do, I believe they do Kiddushim again, but at least in Isuim they do again, and then their, their Ketubah is 100. However, if the, the agreement to, to do the Nisuim was done through a court, a Bed-Din, court appointed, and then the Bed-Din were the ones attaching his possessions to the Ketubah, then the woman becomes entitled to anything that the Bed-Din stipulated. But someone who is not Hiresh, but he's Shoteh, he doesn't have mental capacity. But Din don't go and marry him off. And uh, because Hachamim did not establish at all the notion of Nisuim for someone who doesn't have mental capacity. So to a minor. Hachamim did not establish the Takana of Nisuim for a Katan. Why is that? Because once he matures and he becomes older, he becomes an adult, he'll be able to go into Nisuim 
in himself. So why would Hachamim establish that the Beddin should do it in on his behalf while he's still a minor? Just wait a couple of years. So why did Hachamim establish that the Ketana needs to, to, to have uh, all the rights that attach to Nisuim? We explained in last chapter, part of those rights are that she has the right to ask the husband to wait until she becomes an adult. So that why did Hachamim establish this for the Ketana? To prevent, as, as a measure to protect minor girls in Am Israel, and so that they are not taken advantage of and that they are not traded with as happens unfortunately in many cultures even to date. Then and when uh, we do marry off a katan, which is not uh, in the Nisuim, um, the Nisuim only attached when, when he's no longer a katan. So not only do we wait for him to be of age, but also uh, the katan needs to be examined that he actually has the simanim of puberty. Katan. A minor, even if he's nine years and one day, which we said his bi'ah counts. Shenasaisha. And he goes ahead and marries a woman. He goes to the Nisuim process, the second stage. The woman does not get ketubah from this katan. If, however, he they continue the relationship through this katan's adulthood, then she does get the ketubah, and the ketubah in that case is going to be 100, which is what a be'ula gets, not a betula. So too, if uh, a couple of goyim, of non-Jews, that decide to, to, to convert together and they, and they remain married, then if they want to remain married as converted, the husband now, the Jewish husband, needs to issue a ketubah of, of one mane, of 100 Zuz to his now Jewish wife, because that's uh, that's what it means that they now that they now uh, are are married. One detail that that attaches to a betula that has a ketubah of two hundred. So it's both a right, but also a potential liability. So if the ketubah is claiming that she's betula, if the, betu the girl is claiming that she's betula and therefore she deserves matayim, she stands to lose the entire amount if it turns out that she's not betula. So that's the, the main topic, the main subject of the following halachot. It's called ta'anat betulim. What's at stake here is the 200, the full, the full amount of 200, uh, of 200 zuzim, which the husband promised under the prete pretense that the wife was Betula, and it turns out that she's not. So if she has the right for 200, is an issue. If she has a right for only 100, there is no and she wouldn't lose 
the 100, even if she ends up not being Betula, uh, like the husband thought. One more thing. Also, if the groom and the bride before the Nisuim, they are secluded, they 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 go into privacy for uh, for any amount of time, then the presumption is that uh, possible. It's possible. It's it's plausible. It's it's a, it's a possibility that they were together at that moment. So the moment that they were in a situation where they could have been together as far as the world knows, he no longer can claim that she's not all the 200 Zuzim because she wasn't a Betula, because we assume that the reason she's not a Betula is because of him. What does it mean to have Ta'anat Betulim? It's someone who marries a Betula, with the presumption that she is a betula. And then he comes and claims this wasn't the case, she was not a betula. And now there is two there is two physical characteristics, two physical um, uh, hallmarks to betulim. And that's how, because how, how would the groom know if she's betula or she's not betula? So there's two things that he would know. I had damim menna one is the blood that comes from the first time that they are together. And the second one is the kind of a feeling of tightness that would be because of the of the first time that they are together, when, uh, being that this is the first time that she's ever with anyone. So dohak and dam, those are the two things. Dam and dohak, I'm not going to explain them again. Halachayod. When someone when someone marries a betula, and consequently she deserves or she's she's entitled to a ketubah of two hundred zuzim. And then he comes and claims that she's not a betula. They ask her, the first thing that is done, and this is also because of Tzaniot, we don't want to go into the details of how he knows, how he doesn't know. So the most straightforward thing is to ask her. This is not about Aidut, it's not about testifying, this is about admitting to something that has a monetary consequence, which anyone can do. So uh, you ask her, the Beddin asks her, if she says, yes, indeed, it's true. And the reason I'm not a Betula is because I had some accident, not through another male, but I had some any kind of accident that's called Mukat Aetz. That's the technical term for it, but it could be any kind of accident because of which I no longer am Betula. We believe her. And why do we believe her? Because she has nothing to gain from this. Uh, well, she, she has to gain that she's not losing the whole amount, but she she's uh, because she could have denied the whole affair, uh, we, we also believe her when she's willing to say something that uh, gets her only half of what she would otherwise be entitled to. And therefore, we believe her, and she goes back to receiving what the Be'ula will receive, or a Mukat Ais will receive, which is 100. 
אף על פי שהוא טוען ואומר שמא ישבע עלייך ואין לך כלום, אין משכיחים בטענתו, ויש לא לאחרים סתם שלא בא עליה איש, אין הדבר לא ודאי. And uh, even if the guy is claiming no, I think this was with another guy, we don't believe him, we believe her, because he has no way to know, and what the guy can do is do hedem, uh, which is like a curse, to curse anyone who may have been the guy that he suspects may have been with his wife. Amrahi. Emet Amar Shilom Mesa'ani Betula, ואיש בא עליי באונס אחר שהתארסתי לו. If she says, um, it's true, it's true that he did not find me בתולה, and the reason is that I was raped, I was raped while I was ארוסה. הרזון אמנת, we believe her, וכתובתה מתיים כמות שהייתה, and because this was rape, rape does not make her lose any iota of her כתובה, and it remains at 200 like it used to be. ואם טען ואמר שמעד שלא ירסתיך נאנסת ומככה אם מקח טעות and if he comes and says because all he can say right now the only thing that he could say to make her lose the whole thing or to make her lose half is that this happened it's a matter of timing this happened before the ארוסין if this had happened before the ארוסין then the ארוסין were with the בעולה and she would be entitled to 100 regardless of the reason of why she is בעולה או אחר שירסתיך נבעלת ברצונך or if he says no It's true that you were with someone, but it wasn't rape. This was consensual. All he can do is curse whoever is now, is now um, the reason for his losing money, but he's not believed. If he says she's not betula, and she says, Well, I am Betula and we still haven't been together, then uh, we make sure that uh, we do one of two things. Either there is a Bedika, the Bedin, through women, etc. The Gemara in Yivamot discusses how this could be done, uh, checks physiologically what, 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 the, what the reality really is, or uh, we... have him and her again seclude themselves, go somewhere private with Adim in a way that uh, potentially they could be together. Now comes what's uh, really called Ta'anat Betulim. If she says, if she says, no, we were together and I was Betula and he's lying. So now we have a he said, she said where it's kind of provable. which way this is. And now the balance tilts to the guy and we believe him more than we believe her. So that's why we focus on him and we ask him. Why do you think that she wasn't a Betula? If he says because I didn't find any blood, then we check And we see in her family history, there are some families, genetically, that the, the girls don't have blood when, when, they, when they, are to, they have intercourse for the first time. And it tends to come also with having little or no uh, menstrual blood. If they find that indeed there is family history of this sort, 
then we believe her that she was a betula and they were together. If there was no family history of this sort, we check her. Perhaps she was under some uh, medical stress at the moment or she was dehydrated. Dehydration or, or famine can have this effect of preventing there to be blood, preventing the blood flow. And, we, and the, the Bed-Din makes sure that she eats and drinks and gets hydrated and well-fed. And then they are together again. And then they see if this time there was dam or not. And if there was none of these things, not, not any, any sickness, no hunger, or, or thirst or dehydration, then this is what's called ta'anat betulim. And even though there was dohak, which is a second sign, because there was no dam, then <coughs> we assume that there was no betulim. The most important sign is dam, not dohak. Because every betula should have dam, whether she's ketana, na'ara, or bogeret, unless there is some medical issue like we just explained. If he says it's not that there wasn't dam, but there wasn't dohak, he says, but rather, this is a euphemism that the Gemara uses, the Mishnah uses, petah patuach masati, I found. A, an open door, then we inquire as to her age. Perhaps she's past her the, the youth period that follows right after uh, puberty. Because most of the bogrot, most girls after puberty, they no longer have the kind of dohak that the ne'arot have. Because by, by growing and going through these physical, physiological processes, um, the, the, all the organs change shapes. And even the, the, the hymen, what's called the hymen, expands, and therefore there is no dohak. If bagrut hasn't happened yet, then the, the bed didn't ask him, Perhaps uh, it was a matter of angle or or uh, doing it too um, with a lot, with with nahat not not uh, very slowly. And that's why there was no dohak or you didn't feel it. This is what Shemuel would say that was doable. Shemuel from the Hardeaba, the way was a doctor, and he claimed in the in the Gemara that this was also a possibility. If he says, no, I'm sure, yes, or I'm sure that this was Peta Patuach, so this is that will be effective with respect to a Petula, a presumed Petula, so long as she wasn't a Bogeret. Regardless of her physical state at the moment, and uh, and uh, and health. 
שכל בתולה נערה פיתחה סתומהו, because בתולה uh, that is a נערה, or, or smaller than that, or younger than that, she should have דוחק. ואף על פי שיעשה הדם, הואיל מסע פתח פתוח, אין כאן בתולים. And even though there was דם, which can happen more than once, because there was no דוחק, this is a טענת בתולים, and there was no בתולים here. Now Haramam is going to disagree with all the Geonim and, uh, and he's going to give us a hint of the kind of research that went into this Mishneh Torah. Halachayot Gimal. Yesh Geonim Shehoru Shehaboreret Elat Anad Damin Some Geonim have indicated or have ruled that if a girl is bogeret, she doesn't have dam. In other words, but she has dohak, that the siman that the groom can bring with respect to a bogeret is dohak, but it's not dam. And Haramam says, I check the Talmud and the way the sugiot are, are designed and the derech of the Talmud does not lead you to this conclusion. And there was a mistake in their nosach, the nosach of this geonim. And I already went to, to several, to several uh, books. And if you want to see another place where my mom says this, go to Ilchot Malve Velove 15.2. There he says, I'm going to cite from the wonderful Pirush of Makbili here on the side, which is a very important point. Rambam says, וכבר חקרתי על הנוסחאות הישנות והגיע לידי במשרים מקצת תלמוד ישן כתוב על הגבילים כמו ספרי תורה, כמו שהיו כותבים קודם לזמן זה בקירוב מחמש מאות שנה בסביבות שנת שש... So, הרמב״ם says there that he, he went to great lengths to find the earliest manuscripts of the Talmud and he found, and he found a partial Talmud, a very old one that had been written in the same kind of scroll on which you write a Sefer Torah which is not the way they would write in Harambam's time. And he estimated that this would have been written um, around, around 500 years before him, which means around the year 650. So Harambam really got the manuscripts that were closest to the time of the Gemara, even bypassing the Geonim. He found manuscripts from the times of the Saburaim uh, in the very early stage of the Saburaim, which tells you the Gemara had been already written by then, very interesting. But then Harambam has now a claim because he went through this research and he had the best sources. He was sufficiently back that he could take head on the Geonim and disagree with them and claim that their Girsa was wrong. This is particularly true, by the way, in Ilchot in, Nida uh, in and presumably also in some parts of Seder Nashim. And this is one instance of that. וכבר בדקתי, אז ספרים רבים וכדמונים מצאתי של דבר כמו שאמרנו, שאין לה בוגרת אלא טענת דמים בלבד. And all the books that I looked into says הרמב״ם, show that the בוגרת has the allegation of דם, but no allegation of דוחק. There is no presumed דוחק in the בוגרת, but there is presumed דם if she is בתולה. הלכה י"ד חכמים הם שתיקנו העיקר כתובה לאישה, והם התקינו ואמרו שכל הטוען טענת בתולים והאישה מחשת אותו נאמן, ועליה להביא ראייה לו על האיש. 
Now, why is it that in these last few cases where it's his word against her word, why is it that we believe him? We believe him and not her. So one reason is, first of all, Ramon says, let's put things in perspective. Chachamim were the same ones that at first sided with the woman to give her 200 zuzim. And now they were the ones carving out this exception and saying that if the man has ta'anat betulim, she doesn't get the 200 zuzim, full stop, that's it. So this is enough reason. But now let's try to understand where this leads us or what, what are the, 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 the considerations for this. Because the presumption now is that a groom that just got married and is so happy and he has spent so much time and effort and money preparing for this beautiful event of his life, he's not going to just go to Bedin and claim that uh, everything should be undone. By the way, when we say that she loses her ketubah, what we are really saying is that he can divorce her uh, without having to pay anything, which is presumably what would happen in most cases. If someone got married and he thinks that his wife uh, was uh, was disloyal to him, betrayed him and uh, was with someone else right before they got married, while they were arusim, that's enough of a reason for most people to want to divorce their arusa. So nobody would come up and make up such a thing right after being in such a height of excitement and happiness. However, Haramam says, with this, Hachamim were the ones that established the 200, and they were the ones that covered the, the exception for Ta'anat Betulim. However, they weren't the ones obligating the groom to increase, to add an excess over these 200. So if the groom promised her a million 200, so now this million is not something that comes from the Tekana, but rather it's a monetary obligation. And now we go to the rules of monetary obligations and we will need actual solid evidence if, if he wants to deprive her from this 1 million. So although the Ta'anat Betulim was enough to carve, to, to, to annul or to nullify, to cancel out the obligation of 200, and this is by virtue of the same hachamim that established the 200 to begin with, the excess is a personal obligation, and we go to Dinema Monot, and and he'll need a very clear proof that she was or if we have an admission by the girl. Therefore, we also apply some other rules that we apply in Mamunot, which is he has the right to ask her to take an oath holding an object that has the name of God. Back in the day, this was enough to dissuade people from lying. Unfortunately, I'm not convinced today that will be the case. And only then she can claim the excess over the 200. However, this doesn't flip. When we talk about the first 200, the rules are different. It's a different game, different rules. And Chachamim said the Hazaka is that he is not going to want to destroy his happiness. And therefore, we believe him, period. She doesn't have the right to ask him to take an oath.
ויש עליה אחד עם סתם, על מי שטען עליה שקר, but she can always do what, she can, what anyone can do, which is to, uh, to, to, to curse any person in the abstract that may have unfairly lied about her uh, this way. פסה לך לחיות זין, הרי שרצה לקיימה אחר שהפסידה עיקר כתובתה, חוזר וכותב לה מה, however, if the groom wants to stay with her after the girl through טענת בתולים lost her כתובה, then he needs to write her a new כתובה, this time for 100, like she deserved to begin with. לפי שאסור לאדם לשהות עם אשתו שעה אחת בלא כתובה כמו שביארנו, because the rule is it's forbidden for a husband to be, to live with his wife, even one moment without having a ketubah, it's a continuous obligation to have a ketubah at all times. Baruch Adonai le'olam, amen ve'amen.